Access All Areas on FUBAR Radio. Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing something different. Did you hear that? I love it. We're uh, mixing it right up. <laughs> uh, welcome to Access All Areas. I'm Stephen Legg. And I'm Bobby Norris. How are you? See, now we've gone back. Now we've gone back to what we yeah. normally do. Vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like oh, mate, how's it going? <laughs> Or my mate, wow, this is like a whole different show. Um, I know what's going on. <laughs> I, am, I am just fine, thank you. Uh, Bob, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you, really good. How's the office? Office is boring, meetings dull, but the weather's nice, so that's good. Your beard's coming through a bit, I can see. It really is. It's, um, yeah, I've had a nice, nice little growth spell. I'm getting that kind of, that George Michael... Uh, Oh inspo. yeah, I like. Who that. was always me inspo? Not not George Michael in the outside video in the policeman's uniform in the toilet. I'm guessing more no, like eighties no, wham kind of club <laughs> Tropicana days. Got it. Um, yeah, bless him. No, I loved it. I think that was my my first crush. I mean, I don't know. We took a right turn down here. We're going that down to celeb crushes here, but uh, I'm into it though. I, but also, I can totally see that because. He was just handsome, wasn't he? Oh, absolute salt. I actually thought, not, and when I say thought, I mean thought, not just wanted to, thought I was going to marry him. Oh. Obviously I didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and that's delusional. Maybe you would have helped save right him if you <laughs> But yeah, I thought, well, I've got to marry George Michael. He'll love me. All I, all I had to do was bump into him, but it never happened. Uh, and the rest is history, unfortunately. Me and my friend once, I used to work in Kentish Town which wasn't, isn't too far from Hampstead, where he used to live. And we, we went on a little tour around Hampstead because she knew where all the celebrities lived. Um, so we, and we went and we saw, we saw his house, saw Richard and Judy's house, saw um, Kate Moss's house. I mean, it was really like living the dream up in Hampstead. I mean, it's a lovely part of town, so, you know, you can't oh, play, it's but... stunning gaff. Yeah. And do you know, if ever I... Um... If I'm ever working uptown, sometimes if, if I'm in the back of a car, sometimes I take that route. Oh, lovely. And, um, uh, yeah, lovely uh, view. Uh, lovely view. Stunning place. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're talking you're talking big bucks <laughs> to live there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even to this day, well, I've not been recently, but and I guess it will, it will happen for years to come because he was just such a legend and loved by so many people, but still things outside George's house. No, like, Say that yeah. again. You stole you stole things from outside George's house. No, they steal things. Oh, they steal. <laughs> no, I ain't been robbing. <laughs> no, there's like flowers. There are still things, not steal yeah. things. Okay, yeah, got yeah it, got I, it. I've not been stealing. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's a lovely, lovely part of town. What's Richard and Judy's place like? Not as big as you think. Very that was modest, what is it? Yeah, but very. I mean, still probably very pricey. I would. Oh, say. I would imagine. I don't think there's a postcode around their means that. No, uh, and they've got the lovely pub called the Spaniards up there, which is um, which is like the celebrity sort of Sunday lunch pub. Um, okay. Go and have a roast. Yeah, go and have a roast and a little glass of red wine. A glass or something. of sav. Yeah, treat you, you yourself. You can tell you're the classy one. You're like red. I'm like sav. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I mean, whatever gets you through the day, you know, so, um, I mean. so no complaints. But um, yeah, how did we even get on to this conversation? Oh, celebrity crushes. Yeah, wow. What was your celebrity crush, Stephen? I, I had, when I was younger, you know, 
um, Darren Hayes from Savage Garden. Do you remember him? Oh, I'm not sure. You recognise the bell, but I can't picture the face. He, so it was definitely him, and also, and this is quite embarrassing. <laughs> he might have even been a guest on the show. Actually, I'm trying to think. Maybe Dane Bowers. <laughs> oh, did you like a little bit of Dane? Eh? <laughs> yeah, he was right <laughs> on my street when I was about 15. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a handsome guy now, to be fair. I mean, actually, both of them are. Um, I, um, he's with Laura Anderson, isn't yeah, From Love yeah. Island. Oh, Laura Anderson's been on the show before. Definitely, I remember. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that was kind of my, my vibe when I was uh, growing up. I've always liked to kind of be the sort of guy yeah and i've realized i think it's a sign that i'm obviously getting older well i mean no obvious about it i guess that's just the way life works i am (laughs) getting older but crushes i would have had at school or in my teens or the kind of age bracket of celebrities that you crushed on and fancied now i'm at a stage where i'm liking silver foxes (laughs) (laughs) I've <laughs> definitely, I, I've kind of moved on where I'm kind of thinking, oh, I do love a silver fox. Are we getting um, into the 60 plus age bracket now, is it, Bob? I mean, I don't discriminate against the age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there is something very nice about a little, you know, and it goes, what do they call it? A bit of salt and pepper. Salt you get and pepper, just a yeah. few coming through on the side. Very much still like a little bit of stubble on the guy. Um, but yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah, that, that's the sign of ageing that I'm now fancy. I mean, even um, old George Clooney. Yeah, I yeah, true. How old he is, but... Um, I think he's coming up 60, must be. Because Brad Pitt's 50, Brad Pitt's 58 now. 56, um, 58, something like that. And looking good on it. Certainly is. I imagine, I wonder if he's had a few little tweetments here and there. Oh. Little, little bit, little, I don't know. We need to get him on access to all areas and ask him... <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously not specifying who because it, it's just all rumours. Mm. But I, I think there's a lot of people in Hollywood, more than ever would admit, have all had just a little something, not necessarily surgery, uh, but have had a, a little bit of help along the way, shall we say. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right. There was actually someone on the red carpet, a, a woman on the red carpet, who is very well renowned for being like natural who I was like, oh, no, you've definitely had a facelift. I can see it. You know, like, you're like, oh, it's subtle. It's subtle. Uh, Is she a a slightly older lady? Slightly older lady. Yeah. British. Yeah. Initials. I can't say. Celebrity siblings. Uh, No, I wouldn't say so. Um, but yeah, but like, you know, I think, I think some people now have it done very subtly because you would, her face still moves quite normally. She's like, she's got wrinkles, but it's just that little bit too tight to be normal skin. And I I think there is very much that keynote, but I think that's where surgery has definitely evolved over the last few years because some people would get pulled so tight. And the thing with a, a facelift um, like I say, it, it's become a, a lot better now. And I think people, some people will go, like, Let, let's not make it too over the top. Like, don't mm. make me look 16 yeah. when, when I'm clearly 70. Yeah. But, uh, when people did that, <laughs> when people did that, it was always very clear because the, the neck's always your giveaway because your face can be up here 
a neck's a funny one to do. Yeah, because you can't, it's not like you can tuck a bit of skin somewhere, is it? Because you can't, like, like with a facelift, you can put it by the ear, you know, but yeah. you can't really do that. With, one of the shapes secrets, what a lot of uh, celeb. Well, they uh, do the tape, the don't they? The tape, yeah. yeah. Lift the air up, tape the neck back. Um, I guess basically like a really strong tip tape. Uh, put the air yeah. down just to kind of pull the neck back. But the weird thing is, is when you like <laughs> get home at the end and you like rip your <laughs> tape like, off and you <laughs> <laughs> like a big turkey neck, and then like... it just flops out like a <laughs> like a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, but whatever floats your boat. If you want your face high, oh. I, I mean, with a. <laughs> we don't judge no absolutely um, not and do what you like but i do agree with you i think i think like that sort of um that that's still aged but like like they've aged well um yeah. like you know they i think people are maybe less inclined well actually a bit like you to be honest bob t- less inclined to get like fillers or anything like that really because you can st- because you don't want to look plastic do you know yeah. what i mean you want to look like a natural normal person but just enhanced. And I think sometimes it's not until you've kind of gave a few things a go and you've lived with it and kind of that becomes your new normal when you see yourself. And then you kind of, you do have that moment where you look back at something, whether it's an old video, photo, or a show if, if, if it's you've filmed something. Um, and then you kind of, I think very much it's the looking back and seeing that you've kind of gone on this journey. Um, yeah. And like I, I was very open at the start of the year after Christmas. I was like, I'm very much, I, I just want rid of everything I'd done, really. Um, because I just think that, that was a moment in time where I was in my life. Um, yeah. I don't regret it. Made me happy. Was very happy with the result. And but for me, yeah, I, I just got to. I just it changed. Just didn't want that. Which obviously is a lot easier to reverse when it's like Botox and fillers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When when it's surgery, probably not so much. But uh, another aging sign again, things have changed all the time. I know people have injectables done in their hands, but hands always a telltale sign. Can you get injectables in your hands? I think people um, can have you can't... some things done to kind of. I don't know if it's a Botox or a filler. Uh-huh, um, I'm not sure a hundred percent, but I'm I'm sure because just you know with age, I think the skin thins. Mm. But um, kind of like the neck, what we're saying is there's certain parts that you, you see people at award ceremonies. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> which I kind of think is why people kind of think you're better off. I always think you're better off, yeah, if you want to take off 10 years or, or however many years, whatever you, you want to do, obviously it's a personal choice, but still want to look good for it. Um, and, and it still kind of matches everything. Yeah. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's yeah, when totally. one part completely doesn't. But again, that, that's that's not body shaming or anything. That's no, just, no, uh, people do what they like. I always remember Sharon Osbourne saying the most painful thing she had done, and it does sound really horrible, was a leg lift where they basically, lift? yeah, where what they do is this is not our normal topic of conversation when we're opening the show, but this is interesting, I promise. They basically cut us like a like a strap of skin from the top of your legs and then pull them up like like tights. Like tights. Yeah. And, and she said that, that well it mean it means you don't have like like wrinkles and that on your legs. It tightens the skin on your legs. Like you would like you would pulling up a pair of skinny jeans, I guess. Like you know, you pull them up to 
make them fit better. It's basically what you do with the skin on your legs. And she said that was the most painful thing she's ever had done. And you can see why, because you wouldn't be able to walk or anything for like a while, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I imagine that. that because even if you ever like, and it could be sometimes for me, whenever I get it, it's, it's not even necessarily if I'm in a gym that I get it. It's always just like if I'm on a sofa or in bed, I don't know if I twist my legs wrong. You ever get cramp? Yeah. So just knowing how bad cramp can be to the yeah. point that sometimes I can't even stand up or I'm literally like, I could scream without being yeah. like, I'm a bit like, <sighs> and it's not, so it's not like I've even been squatting or anything. I could have just been <laughs> just, just sitting on yeah. flicking through Netflix in bed and my yeah. legs gone. So to, yeah, ha- have slices cut and pulled up, I can imagine that's quite sore. <laughs> but I also think it's quite amazing that people, can have all these options and do what, what makes them feel better and I'm glad that we live in a society now that's more accepting I think back in the day of old school um, especially old school Hollywood people wouldn't ever say oh I've, I've had this that and the other um, yeah yeah people are very open about it for now, some people right? yeah and, and I think uh, it, it's not for some people especially like things like Botox for some people start going to have an haircut I'm like go and bathe if you want to go and have a little bit of bowie do it. Why not? Treat yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, very exciting. We've, we've gone way off topic to what we normally <laughs> talk about. So let's revisit the show with in a bit because um, we have a very exciting show. We have um, former Great British Bake Off champ Nancy Whistle on um, to come and talk all about her new book and loads of stuff she's got going on. And then we also have um, from Married at First Sight, uh, Matt and Dan, who are basically one of the only successful couples, I think, from the show. Um, yeah, on to, on to talk about what they're up to. So um, Nancy's here waiting to come in to the room. So let's go. Oh, amazing. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Really, really good. good. Lovely to have you on this evening. So where are you guys then? Well, not in our normal studio, that's for sure. I am in <laughs> I'm in my office in Camden and um, and Bob is at home. So we're still working remotely, like literally through lockdown. We've just been doing everything via Zoom. Well, I do as well, and I like it because like, you know, I've got the tea going in there, and then when <laughs> we finished it, I'll be I'll be back. It's, I love it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you don't have to do any commuting or get, you know, any any faffing around you. Like you said, you can just go on with your dinner once you finish with us. I mean, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'll close the Mac because I'm already in bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, look, you look as though you're in bed. Yeah, he is. He I is. am. <laughs> I am, I'm in the I'm in the boudoir. <laughs> I love it. So, how have things been for you, Nancy? It's obviously been a couple of well, quite a few years now since since. Uh, Bake Off, right? But things yeah, have kind yeah. of gone very well for you. <laughs> well, um, Bake Off was 2014. So eight and, years um, ago. Wow. It seems eight like years ago. I know. And um, and obviously I did a lot of baking shows and mm-hmm. uh, food shows and that sort of thing. And um, and then I, d- I don't know how I got onto this sustainability route, but I started it in a serious way about maybe five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And and it's like everything, the more that you know, the more there is to know. And it mm-hmm. was just like, you know, the more I learned about things, the more I, I learned about, you name it. Um, I then wanted to know more about it and started sharing things on social media. And it just, there's obviously an appetite. I was going to ask, what, what do you like feedback on social media? Because I think 
in the last few years, so many people are becoming more aware, aren't mm. they? Which is an amazing thing. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, when I wrote um, Clean and Green, which was a year last January, um, I wasn't sure that there would be an appetite for making your own eco-friendly cleaning products. I knew I could write recipes for food. And I thought, if I can write recipes for food, I can probably write recipes for cleaning products as well. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know about you, but I tended to think that going eco-friendly was a little bit elitist. Um, and there are a whole range of products out there for all kinds of things, whether it be organic food or um, eco-friendly cleaning products, um, all that kind of thing. But I thought, for me, if I look at me as a young, young mother with kids, I couldn't have afforded to pay four times the price for a bottle of eco-friendly cleaning liquid. So I thought, well, if I can come up with things that are as good as, but cheaper than supermarket-owned brands of your ordinary bog-standard kill-the-fishes type cleaning products, then you know, I'm on a winner. And so that's what I started to do. And um, and I w I've been absolutely overwhelmed by the appetite for it because they work. I think we've been brainwashed into thinking that natural products are inferior yeah. to, to chemical-heavy cleaning products, and they're not. They're better. You know, I was going to say, some of the best products are, <clears throat> excuse me, better, aren't they? The ones that you, you can make home for very little money. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the um, obviously the toilet was going to be the difficult one because it, we all or I used to be a real bleach queen. I used to use gallons of the stuff, but then what happened was now I would I would ask anybody if they, if they're thinking about going green and what are the reasons why you should really go green. I just say have a look at the reverse labels on the products that you have in your house. Um, because there's a standard warning in the UK. I think in the US they don't they don't use it so much, but in the UK there is a standard warning that says harmful to aquatic life with long-lasting effects. And you'll be surprised at how many products that's stamped on the back of. And if it's not on the product itself, all you have to do is go and have a look at the data sheet online, and there's probably something there about how toxic the the products are. So, um, so yeah, I made the switch and I am, I absolutely, and it's addictive. It's addictive in a feel good sort of way. Yeah. Do you think that the pandemic sort of brought on people's awareness of their impact on, on what's going on around them? Or do you think it was happening before that? I, I think, I really do think that the pandemic was a real wake up call to let us know that actually we're not in charge. Nature you know, is, I think yeah. na nature is very much in charge. We're not in charge. And um, and I think people had a bit more time to sit and reflect about how they're living their lives. And they had a bit more time to maybe think, oh, well, I'll make this cleaner or that cleaner. They wouldn't be able to have their cleaner coming into the house at, at that time. So they've had to do their own cleaning. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, um, and I think it was um, a catalyst for people doing a bit more and not necessarily cleaning themselves but baking themselves 
making themselves, growing their own food. I think there was a a lot of people, myself included, thought actually I quite enjoy some downtime and some some time where, you know, like we said earlier, you'd go, you'd travel maybe two hours on the train to go to a meeting, but you'd jump on a Zoom call now. Mm. Out of all the products that you've got in the book, what what's like the, the number one when you hear back from fans like in the supermarket, on social media? What's the one that comes up time and time again that people just rave about? There is a star in this book. And I wrote it with this recipe for clean and green. And it was I started to talk about it and I, I just got um, waylaid then. But I, I was looking for an effective cleaner that would replace chlorine bleach. And it took some sorting out, but I came up with what I call toilet magic. <laughs> and I know, I know, toilet lovely. Magic. Sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah, toilet magic, um, and it's a spray cleaner, but it's an amazing job. It kills germs. It destroys lime scale. It smells like a toilet cleaner. It freshens. It it does all the things that a toilet cleaner should do. And then in the latest book, I put it back in again because what I found out was it had so many other uses. And I put out to my social media audience, let's find another name for this because toilet magic isn't doing it justice. It you can't use just, it in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is so good. I mean, shower screens and um, descaling coffee machines and kettles it'll clean green algae it'll whiten your clothes it will get rid of stains it is absolutely amazing so i put out a little competition i said we've got to find a different name for this product so um one follower came up with pure magic oh yeah perfect so it's now called pure magic and it's awesome it's awesome the active ingredient in it is citric acid but it took me a long, long time to be able to get the um, saturation point right and stop it um, recrystallizing and all that sort of thing. But we've got it sorted and it, it is amazing. So it's like a proper chemistry thing you've been sort of <laughs> yeah. working on, isn't it? I can imagine you in a white lab coat, like in, in a carriage yeah. or something. Like. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if, I, if, I, if I'd been taught chemistry or to any of the sciences at school, um, in you know, if we'd been looking at trying to to do it for a purpose, whereas we didn't seem to have any purpose to our science lessons, but that's a lot of years ago. So <laughs> I, I remember that well. As to, to be fair, and it, what was it? Oh, actually, fair, it was twenty years ago for me now as well. So it wasn't that recent. They say we just messed about him a Bunsen burner. <laughs> yes, <please. laughs> Well, I did. I did that fit more than fifty years ago. So that's how much it moved on. so obviously you like you kind of meant like you mentioned earlier it's it's um your your kind of focus has shifted a bit I guess from baking more on to sort of eco living in your new book is there any baking at all is there any sort of food stuff or is it or is it strictly cleaning stuff no no the the first book was cleaning and then right I need to develop this green journey I'm I'm going to move on and so what we're doing in the latest book, we're baking, we're cooking, we're growing some food. I'm explaining how you can, once you've grown it, you might have a glut of tomatoes, what you then do with them all. Um, but I think the fundamental um, message in this latest book is 
not only with, are we saving the planet, obviously when I wrote this, which was about a year ago, the, the focus was on saving the planet. Now, of course, energy prices are just going absolutely yeah. through the roof. So the two actually go together because by saving the planet, we're using less. Mm -hmm. So um, I talk about cold washing, which is an absolute, it, it's a, a no-brainer. I've been doing it now for over a year um, because some cultures have always washed in cold water. When I say cold, it's 20 degrees, so it's a sort of tepid temperature. Mm. Um, but that is going to save you about, well, well over 50% on your laundry energy costs. Wow. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. And another thing is oven cooking, because people don't realize, I didn't realize, um, that if you're using any more than one ring on your hob or on your stove top, it's cheaper to put the oven on. In fact, some electric hobs, one ring more expensive than the oven. So wow. there's a whole, there's a week's recipes um, where we just oven cook. I even get, I even supply the shopping list. So um, if you're a busy working person with a family to feed, you don't know what to give them every night for tea. There's your shopping list. That'll sort you out for a week and everything's cooked in the oven. My hob is nearly redundant. So I say a lot of it is educational, isn't it? Because I think a yeah. lot of us are just conditioned to be about the hotter the wash, the cleaner the clothes. And, and yeah. going back to the products, yeah. like, I was guilty of it myself. I've got OCD tendencies. So the smell of bleach, I associated with clean. So yeah. loved my toilet. Do you know what I mean? But the, the, it's we've evolved now and we know so much more, but it's just getting the message out there, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, and I totally get it, everybody's busy. Everybody's busy, so the changes have to be achievable. They have to be quick, but they have to work as well. Um, but if at the end of it, you're going to save money, that's the driver for so many people, yeah. is if I can save money but still get a better outcome or the same outcome and I'm saving the planet, that's a win-win. Yeah. And basically, that's what this latest book is about. So do you, and what a time that we need it most, you know what I mean? It's like you couldn't <laughs> yes. have predicted it. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, obviously um, there was COP26 and all that, and, and the timing was right for that. But this latest awfulness that we're going through, um, I mean, the, the fallout from that is going to be, you know, how do we afford our utilities? Mm. You know, we've got yeah. to make some choices. But we, but we can. I think we can do. We can make some enormous savings. And, and people are looking for it desperately at the moment. Yeah, it's really come, come yeah. at the at the right time. Do, do do you still get to do the sort of baking shows and and the um, and the live demonstrations and stuff that I'm sure you get to do after you've you've done Bake Off or or is that kind of thing? Yes, yes. I'm, no, no. I'm doing one tomorrow. Actually, oh, are you? Doing other, yeah, I do. Um, again with COVID. COVID, I used to be traveling around the country going to food shows and doing demos and seeing an audience and all this sort of thing. COVID came and obviously all that was all just chopped off at the knees straight away. Um, yeah. But then the the Zoom stuff came and I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, and I do um, quite a number of live demos. Um, I've done bake-along demos, which is hilarious because I think I had, I did one at Christmas time and we had 150 on it but they were from wow. all over the world that was 
you know, amazing. Yeah, But yeah. of course, and because everybody was doing it together, um, there'd be somebody saying, hang on, I've not got my eggs in yet. And somebody <laughs> else was saying, oh, you're all right. You know, and it, it, it was very interactive and great fun. And then afterwards, everybody uploaded their images of what they'd made on social media. It was amazing. Amazing. And I think as well, during the, the, the lockdowns that we've all had, so many people that had never picked up a mixing bowl and a pack of flour, but not only because there was just nothing to do, but people yeah. wanted to bake. Do you know what I mean? Like when you could, yeah, it was things like getting well, even getting flour at one point was hard, mm-hmm. but you would go on social yeah. media and it was just one thing after another. People w- was baking, and I think a lot of people have kind of found a love for that now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Um, during lockdown, I posted every day. Well, I post every day on social media every, anyway. But during lockdown, I, I tended to come on at the same time every day and said, right, today we can't get flour. So what we're going to do, um, what we're going to make is so-and-so. And people would say, I can't get hold of yeast. I mean, yeast was very difficult to get hold of because mm. everybody decided they were going to make bread. Make bread and, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> and so yeast was very difficult to get hold of. So I said, right, we can't get yeast, folks, so let's make a loaf of bread. We're not going to use yeast. And so what we used was a little bit of saved dough from the previous loaf, and that became the feeder for the next loaf. And uh, so it was a great exercise in you know, making do in a, in a way that we'd never had to do that before. I remember watching your Instagrams during the, during the lock. It might, it might have been the first lockdown. I can't, I can't remember exactly when. And thinking like how upbeat you seemed during it all, because despite <laughs> what, everything that was going on, you like, you seem, you know, and actually for some people, that time was actually quite a nice time. I'm, I know my sister has said that she she would love to have the time back with the kids again, where it was just the four yeah. of them in the house and doing all of that. Did you find some of that, like, or, or was, or did it? Did the constant baking and doing Instagram posts get boring after you know after a while? No, I I actually it was also it gave me a purpose as well. All the, I got so much feedback from people saying I really look forward to this, and I'm stuck in this flat and I can't go anywhere. Um, and I really look forward to these posts. So getting that sort of feedback also inspired me to continue. You know, if nobody was writing back and say, or nobody was even liking <laughs> anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so the feedback was tremendous. And people would upload, they, they said, I had a go at that. You know, I remember making a shortbread and I didn't have enough flour. So I was really in the cupboards looking for anything that I could throw in to make up the weight for this shortbread. Um, so it was it was a fun thing as well as, you know, isn't this awful just being stuck in sort of thing. But um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's I've enjoyed it. I enjoy it. Are you are you still pals with uh, Jonathan Van Ness? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because he he was he really rated you, didn't he? On one of his on I'm not sure if it was a podcast or on his show, and and suddenly, he, yeah, you must have had a bit of an influx, I imagine. <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, because when I won Bake Off, um, I didn't have any social media accounts. I mean, I I just didn't really know it was a thing. I didn't even have a mobile phone when I did Bake Off <laughs> wow. because they used to take our phones off us when we re- arrived, and they used to say, oh, "You're all right, Nancy. We know you haven't got one." <laughs> And so, of course, when I won then, um, I, I didn't 
there wasn't that sort of wider social media audience mm-hmm. that I could um, relate to because I hadn't logged on to any of it. Yeah. And then I, I joined it very late. I was about, it was about three years later. So I, I sort of got onto Instagram and I immediately got maybe two or 300 followers or something like that. People that might have remembered me. Um, and, but then I thought uh, I'll, I'll start and, and post regularly. And I, I sort of looked at other accounts, see what other people do and this sort of thing. And Jonathan Van Ness used to message me, but I didn't know who he was. Right. And I just saw that I just saw that he had this blue tick on his account. And in those days, he had about eight hundred thousand followers. And he used to say, "Oh, I think you're amazing." And da da da. Because by this time, Bake Off had gone on to Netflix. Oh and right, so yes. The, so the Americans were starting to see it. So although it was four years down the road for me, it was year one for them. Mm-hmm. So I started to pick up some US followers, and um, and then. I remember seeing in the uh, musical, the new musical express, is it, or one of one of those things that he'd said the highlight of his Christmas was being followed back by me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that! Ah, oh, dear me, I thought it was hilarious. And then I got to meet him a couple of years ago. He came to do a show in Manchester, and um, and I popped over and met him. And it is absolutely gorgeous. He's a bit of a whirlwind of a person, isn't he? It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's wonderful. And he was always, always saying, you must follow Nancy. Because at, at that time, I was doing a sort of daily post, really to try and increase my following, because I thought, how do you do it? Mm. I, I didn't know how to, how to do it. Um, and um, But he, yeah, he was a, a great help. Yeah, he was always sort of giving me... Um, you know, a little bit of a shove and saying, um, oh, you know, nice. you should follow Nancy. Yeah, yeah. And do you enjoy social media, Nancy? Like now you've kind oh. of got it, uh, got that profile, and your followings become far from what it was. You know, like, and now especially with the states and being on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think there is there is a sort of. Um, there's a sort of heap to get over, isn't it? To get used to just talking to a phone, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that at first seemed really, really odd. And all I could see was my face. And I, I found it when I look back at those early videos now, I think, Oh dear, but, you know, but now I, I couldn't care less. Um, I, I think, I think I'm just as I am. Yeah. Well, it obviously what works people want. When yeah. people follow someone, they like they want you to be genuine. Because I think people know the minute you're not yourself, your followers and fans that know and love you, that they know you're not. So if you're not authentic, there's kind of just no point doing it, I don't think. No. And, yet, and I mean, there are some accounts. And the other thing that I've found um, that I thought might be difficult is how do, you, how do I relate as an old person to young people? Um, and I looked at some of the young accounts, and there's all the, there's all these images of beautifulness standing and and posing in the best thing, and they've got all the makeup on. I thought I, I'm going to look stupid. My kids will think I've gone completely off my rocker if I start doing <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> so um, so I thought I've ju- I, I'm just going to go out there, but I thought it's got to be. Formative. There's no point in me standing with a new frock on and posing in it because it's just laughable 
It's got, you know, it's got to be because I'm the wrong age. Yet my my cohort of followers are between 25 and 34. So they, presumably there there are a group of young people that want to know more about, you know, the things that I know that I think everybody knows. Obviously, everybody doesn't know. Well, not everyone's got, you know... Um people in their family that they could go to and ask questions about or because they wouldn't know or you know and you can provide some of that kind of familial feeling that people are after you know like uh, yeah and you've got the knowledge clearly because you've written all these books <laughs> <laughs> well you know I've been around the block a few times and so it's it you you I mean when you get to my age you'll know a lot as well I think it's just that you you pick it up as you go along mm. um and you know Back in the sort of 1970s, when I was a youngster, it was pretty tough as well. And mm. it made it made you, well, it made me quite sort of resourceful and resilient. And so it, it's almost going back to that, but the agenda's slightly different. The agenda mm. now is, is the climate, but also we're facing huge, huge energy costs, which obviously was an issue in the 70s as well. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, well, mm. Nancy, we could talk to you all night. That was uh, <laughs> absolutely fascinating chat. Didn't even get to talk to you about Bake Off. We've run out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with the book. Hope it, hope it goes on. Thanks very much. Pick up a copy. Thank yeah. you so yeah. much. Take care, Nancy. And you. Thank you. Lovely to talk Bye. to you. Bye. 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 I love her. So much we can learn, Bob. I love Nancy. <laughs> no, we, now we just need to get a bottle of citric acid and start cleaning our shower screens. That's the... we've got to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely going to get the book. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really. I mean, I I love doing stuff like that because it makes you feel like exactly. Yeah, if we can, if we can, even in our own tiny little ways, halt you know the destruction of the natural world by not putting so much bleach down the toilet, then well, let's go for it. You know, baby steps. If everyone takes the baby steps. Do you make a bigger step? Miles will be made. (laughs) That's a good. I like that. Well done. Well, we have our our next guest, uh, Dan and Matt here. Seb. Hi. Hi. Can you hear us? How are you? All right. Yeah. Yeah, Good. Thanks. thanks. How are you? Really good. Thank you for joining us this evening. No worries. No worries. Thanks for having us. How are you both feeling? Oh, that's a nice backdrop. I'm going to take a comfy bed. <laughs> <laughs> we're just literally saying, I don't think it'll be long until we're back in the studio. So I'm very much, I was going to say making the most. I've done every show <laughs> in this bed throughout lockdown. So yeah, this has been, a, what, a year and a half now, Bob? Of doing a year and a half, bed. we're just working from bed. <laughs> in a non oh, kind of pretty woman <laughs> prostitute sense. <laughs> 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 oh, bless you. <laughs> I'm going to just apologize because I think my Wi-Fi is having some serious issues. If I drop off, please just carry on without me and I will come back as soon as I can. Um, but, uh, but yeah, how, how are you guys doing? How's, how's life been since, uh, since Married at First Sight? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it's been quite busy actually. So full on. So we've actually moved to Northern Ireland. Um, so Matthew mm-hmm. and I live on the Causeway Coast. So we're just Lovely. getting Matthew settled. I've been there. Lovely part of the world. Oh, have you? Have you been yeah. to Causeway and things like that? Yeah, yeah. I went. I went on a trip to. Uh, there's a whiskey distillery. Oh, yeah, Bushmills. Bushmills. Bush I went Bush to Bushmills. Bush yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we did a little tour around on, around the Causeway. I mean, it's a lovely part of the world. How 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 are you finding it there? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful, and we've got a, we've got a little bit of an ocean view as well from the apartment. I mean, we were, we only moved in a month ago, a month ago, so we were going backwards and forwards between Leeds and Northern Ireland. But yeah, I've moved everything over now, so we've got got our own place. But it's just stunning. It's just completely different to living in the city. It's mm. just like really, really calm. You can go walk by the sea every day. It's it's just absolutely beautiful. So I've got to ask about the show. Like you're one of very few people that have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. think? The what's the secret? To, is it literally just? Is it the pairing, or, or is there just gaze? Just gaze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gaze. Yeah, we're desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think we. Well, do you know what? We both came into it with a really open mind and a really open heart. And just from the first moment that we met, there was an attraction between us. But then we just, we were really honest with each other and, and kind of laid it on the line of what we wanted. And I think respectful of each other as well. I think that's that's a key thing to make sure that you're both aware of the other person's feelings as well and make sure that you're both being being true to yourself as well and true to each other and not being scared of being open and honest about the way that you're feeling and what, what you kind true. of want from the process. And we watched each other's audition tapes and actually they're so similar in terms of what we wanted, why we were on the show and our intentions. And actually through through that understanding, I think we knew we were both on the same page. So it was all a bit of crack. You know, if it didn't go well, you had a good experience. And if it did go well, you know, it's a win-win. So I couldn't have asked for a better outcome. I think by both being on the same page and going into it open-minded, do you think that puts you in a better situation than someone that might go in there solely just looking for love and putting too much pressure on it? I'd say so. Um, I think you definitely have to go in and know that anything could happen. So by having that open mind and being flexible, you know, there wouldn't be any disappointment. Whereas I guess some people go in having really strong expectations, don't they? And then when that's not what's presented to them, then it can get a little bit nasty within the self, can't it? Because they're like, oh my goodness, this is not what I asked for. I've been lied to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think having that preconception uh, and actually being so specific about what you're actually wanting and what you're looking for, that really puts you in a really difficult position because mm. you're never going to get that. You've got to be really open. And I tried to think, I always remember trying to think in my head, I don't want to have any preconceptions of what, what the guy's going to look like, what they'll be like. I want to just be really open to, to this person. But the one thing I will say is I was shocked when I was at the altar when I turned <laughs> around because I, for some reason in my head, I didn't expect it to be somebody younger. I just had it in my really? mind. Yeah, I thought it was going to be going to be somebody older, but then obviously you were walking down the aisle. Well, I, and knew I was, I was I pleasantly knew... surprised. <laughs> pleasantly surprised. I knew I was getting someone a lot older because the casting team kept calling me in there at the time. They're like, Daniel, you know, what age could you go to? What would you <laughs> am I am I getting this geriatric? Am I getting? This <laughs> so you I... got me. You got me. <laughs> but I think you're so right. What you say because a lot of people, um, not necessarily or married at first sight, but just go- going into to dating full stop, really have almost a checklist. Yeah. And, and, and when you ask, you go, well, "What do you want from someone?" And I never really understand the people that can list off six, seven, eight things about someone because you've almost made a shopping list in your head of someone that don't exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or it's based on your ex or something, which is always a good... <laughs> yeah, 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 that's why I scrapped the list. Or like a certain type, like you said, mm. like a, 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 a physical attributes, I guess, is one thing. I mean, there were certain people in the show that were expecting a certain criteria of man to appear and obviously it wasn't that it was more about the person 
suggesting that they were, but then some people can be so, I don't want to say anything out of turn, but like narrow-minded and not allow themselves to open yeah. up to experience what could be something amazing with somebody that isn't their normal type, that they might not be initially attracted to, but giving it that opportunity, that chance to develop into something that they might have never even been able to get themselves. Mm. Absolutely. And there seems to be so much need and love for this from viewers now kind of like you say married at first sight we've got love is blind this kind of show where me people are meeting on a reality show under these situations people people are fascinated by it why do you think there is so much love for a show like that like say it's the it's the spontaneity of it it's also we would like to think the truthfulness you know when you lock eyes with someone for the first time and if you're either in a long-term relationship that reuniting that memory for the person or if they are single they're like oh my god i want to have that or if they're in quite a comfortable place and they see people like slapping each other up maybe they're like oh that that (laughs) bit of energy bit of adrenaline like we love a horror film i suppose we enjoy watching those sometimes because it's, it's, it's scary positions that, that yeah. make us feel alive and things. So maybe there's a mixture of why people watch things, but I think it's that that freshness, isn't it? The freshness, but I, I have to say as well, the drama. Oh, I think people yeah. love the drama. They want to see the failure. Yeah, they want to see the failure. Okay. And they want to, they want to see all the, all the arguments and the, the kind of the battles that people people are going through. I think that's the thing that draws people to it. And as you will have seen in, 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 our, in our show, in Murder First Light UK, a lot of it was about the drama, not more so the, the good bits and the nice bits of the relationships developing and the love side of it. Obviously, they showed that, but the majority of it was the arguments and people not getting on and Nikita. <laughs> but isn't that kind of, I mean, like the setup of the show, I mean, as much as you're kind of matched with one another you you know it's not really a guarantee of success and for it to be a gay couple that have come out of it and done as well as you have do you think that's the like that, that's a really good thing right <laughs> oh yeah completely 100% so positive and I think I think it, in in my in my mind I kind of I had real faith that they were going to do a good job and that they were gonna, they were gonna really try hard. That is, it, that is a lot match. of faith to place in TV I know. producers. I know, I know, I know. Maybe it was misguided, but but maybe not because because it but worked yeah. out and we and we got on really well. And, and a lot of our values and the way that we are, it, it it does match very well, doesn't it? Yeah, but we also thought maybe because we were the first same-sex couple on the UK version that they they wouldn't want to screw it up. So there was maybe more, more free range with the heterosexuals. I don't know, because <laughs> we just thought maybe we were lucky. It's the first one. And they told us lovely things and they said they found someone really special. So yeah, we did go in blind, but we came out on top in the end. Yeah. So do you think about being gay, guys, it kind of made you more trusting? So when I did Celebs Go Dating, I was the first gay guy to do that. And I, I that in, a, in a situation that, I can't relate it because uh, that that's just my experience. But for some reason, that made me feel more comfortable because I kind of thought, exactly like you said, I feel like, especially being the first, they wouldn't want to make a mockery of it or they would want to give you the best shot you could possibly have. Yeah, yeah. totally. And maybe also, again, being the only first person in that show on this show it kind of gives you a bit of empowerment you know you know who you are coming into the show or that's what was my stance mm-hmm. and and that gave me confidence to then you know portray who I am and, and and have that 
sense of ownership of our sexuality and that was our our little niche we created a little bubble from that i think and that gave us strength together because mm. i guess there was no comparisons there was no other gay couples so i wasn't yeah, worried yeah, if he was yeah. going to go run off with phil you know <laughs> from Essex or, or bobby norris <laughs> did you film was there ever a point you've kind of had to so once filming ends, did you kind of have a moment where you thought, right, we've got a transition now into couple away from the show? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I remember we did the, the final commitment ceremony where we, we kind of said we wanted to stay together and, and move forward from it. And then we come back and then we've got one night, one night in the apartments and then the next day we just kind of go. And we were down in Brighton. We stayed in Brighton a few days after, so we booked a hotel and stuff, but then we had to go our separate ways. But I always remember we went to that bar, didn't we? It was outside, it was a beautiful day. And it was kind of just, you just kind of do an exhale and you sit there and you're like, right, what do we do now? <laughs> now what? Yeah. Now what? Now what's going to happen? Do we even like it? <laughs> but that must be a real thing you have to think about. Like, I yeah. mean, like, oh, well, the way from the cameras, what are you, what are you actually like together? Like, I know, exactly. Because we'd had, like, all our days were planned. We had a filming schedule and everything. And to be doing that for kind of nearly three months and then just suddenly... And we lived in different countries as well. So yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But we worked it out. We worked it out. Yeah, I spent most of the summer in Leeds and we really didn't spend any time apart and we didn't go back to work for the summer. So we really were just enjoying each other's company. So it was a prolonged honeymoon. Yeah. Maybe I should do Marion First Sight. It seems to work for you. Do it for our names down, Yeah, yeah, yeah. do it. Do it. Recommend it. Recommend it a lot. You should, you should do it. What an experience. What an experience. What does what, what the future hold for you two now? What, what have you got planned or, or are you just kind of seeing where things go and... So at the moment, um, I'm running my wellness retreats, Wild mm-hmm. Bay retreats. So people come and they do, um, you know, explore the Causeway Coast, yoga, meditation, and Matthew helps facilitate that with me. So we're using that, we're using our platform to bring people in to that, that severe where they can come and relax and, and embrace meditation and a bit of adventure. Yeah. Like, yeah. And we're kind of building a life here as well. As I said, we've just moved into our, our new apartment. Um, we're kind of settling in here. I'm getting to know the areas and, and what life is going to be like kind of here in Northern Ireland, a lot quieter. But then we've still got a lot of things going on. So we were over in Leeds last weekend at a charity event. I'm still very much involved in, in different charities that I've been working with. So I'm still doing that. Um, and then we, we don't know what else is going to happen. We've got yeah. lots of different things in the pipeline. But I think the main thing is that, that we're together and we're, we're starting to really build this life together and be here in Northern Ireland, which is really exciting. Oh, I love that. Sounds ideal. I mean, I don't know what you can say, really. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to ask some of the other contestants on your series, what's the situation? Do you meet up? Do you talk? Is there a WhatsApp group? Let's so, spill the tea. Right, so there, <laughs> there was a WhatsApp group, but that when the show aired, that kind of <laughs> people kind of left it as it was as it resolved. As, as, as episodes but, was going on, yeah, as episodes yeah. was going on, and little things were happening here and there. People kind of kind of did that, but we speak to quite a few of the people because we got on with everybody. Really, it's actually my birthday on Friday, so I'm going to oh, be forty. Oh, thank you. I'm going to be forty, and I'm having a party back over in Leeds, and I've invited most of the cast. And I think most of them are coming. I think so. So most. it's going to be. It, most of them, yes. So it'll, be a, it'll be a nice little reunion with with some of them, with some of them. But they're they're all. Do you know what? They're all great people. They all went in there with their their kind of own, their own expectations and their own agendas, I guess, as well. So people and got everyone's just cracking on, yeah, with yeah, their yeah. own lives, and you know we do the odd hello and text, and you're very friendly with 
like naturally more more people than other people and i suppose yeah. it's just everyone's nice yeah like any like any anything in life right yeah and how to expect yeah. the party to go i mean there <laughs> 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 it is there potential for there to be fireworks at the fault <laughs> i reckon i reckon so or you're being so... selective with the invite <laughs> do you know what i haven't actually i have invited most of them and i've actually i actually was saying this to you the other day when i was like oh oh no i've invited that person and i don't know if they're gonna get on because because there's only me and dan together and adam and taya from the show so there are people that obviously have had serious faults. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Af- afterwards, after filming, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Shit, well, good job, They've got to be calling you out, going, "Can we see the little camera crew down?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The follow-up. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's 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 really nice to meet you both, and um, and best of luck, especially with the wellness retreat. That sounds lovely. Oh, thanks, thanks so much. Well, and happy birthday. Let me know. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have the most amazing birthday, won't you? Good. I hope there ain't too much drama. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh, not. Thank you so much, guys. Love Take to meet care. You, thank you. Thank bye, you. Thanks, bye. Guys. Bye. Bye. Take care. Oh, girls, it's nice to actually <laughs> see the ending to a show like that, isn't there? Because it's only, there's only two. Yeah, well, yeah, but also, did you see the way they were looking at one another? How adorable! They're like, yeah. <laughs> they just really it like kind one of another. Makes you think that there's, there's a lot. Whatever goes into behind the scenes, there, I do think people, someone's matched that perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Those type of go, yeah. oh, it's a reality TV show. They're setting people up for drama. I don't think they've done that with them two. Them two generally seem like they found their. They lost yeah. stuff, as as they'd say on Friends. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, I mean, for for all of for all the failures that Married at First Sight UK and around the it's world, churned out. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> nice to see that it can it can work for some people. Um, Love to be a fly on the wall at that party, though, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure there'll be some Instagram pictures we could have a look at. Risky move when you're inviting any exes to party, let alone when they've been married to each other. Divorces, <laughs> but however briefly. Yeah, um, thirty-five well, minutes. I feel like we should touch on a little bit of showbiz news. We're running out of time, yeah. but we haven't done any today. But I want to just say, Eurovision is round the corner. It's Eurovision season, Bob. I'm very right. excited. Talk to me about it because out of everyone I know, Stephen, you are the king of Eurovision. King and queen. King um, and queen. So, well, uh, this is the first time this has probably happened in about 20 years, but the UK entry is actually really, like, favoured and could actually win. Oh, really? Yeah. And, have you, and has the song been released? Have you heard it? Yeah, it's been released. He's, from, he's, he's an Essex local. He's called Sam Ryder. Um, okay. He looks like a bit of a Viking. He's got really long hair and a big beard, and he has the most incredible voice. He kind of came to fame on TikTok um, during the pandemic, singing covers, and he's now got a rec- he, He's had a record deal. He gigs all over the country, and now he's going to represent the UK. His song's called Spaceman, um, uh, and I would honestly, I would one hundred percent tell everyone to check it out. I think it's in with a really good shot in uh, Turin in. Touring in Italy in May when the contest is so. And is this the most confident you've been in quite a few years that we could actually win? Because when did we last win? Was it Bucks Fizz? <laughs> it was nineteen ninety eight, I believe, with Katrina and the Waves. Love shine a light. Um, oh, it was Katrina and the Waves on Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for the UK, oh. ninety eight. 
Um, but we came, we came fifth about, I'm going to say about uh, maybe 15 years ago with um, Jade Ewan. Um, remember her? Okay, excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And with a song written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And then when Blue entered in 2011, see, I mean, my knowledge here. Blah, blah, I love blah, it. I mean, um, when, when they entered in 2011, we got, we got like 10th or something. Um, so yeah, we haven't had many success stories, um, but I think this year could. I don't know if we'll win, but I think we'll do very well. I think that's. that's uh, I mean, someone that's such a huge fan of like you know it inside out. Would you say? Because I'm genuinely fascinated. Even if if you had the 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 best performer and the best song, does some kind of politics come into Eurovision, or is it solely does all that get left at the stage door and it just becomes about the act? If the act and the song is really really good, it will win. I think it's if we say that. Adele, we're laughing. Only if the song was good. It does. If the like song her, wasn't yeah. good, and the people like it, would have to be. You have to ca- You have to capture a moment. You have to get the staging perfectly right. And if I reckon all of she that, could do that. I've been. I've got a couple in her locker. I reckon if she wanted to, I think she could. But like, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm dead excited. I'm excited this year that we might actually because I mean we've had two years of zero points, so I'm hoping that this year will be the first when we. Um, well, first in three years at least when we and you know we had we've had our contestants on and stuff James Newman he was great and um, and he was he's a great guy but it just didn't work out and um, yeah maybe Sam Ryder is the one so if Sam wins for us yeah it comes the following year to the UK yeah yeah Cheltenham 2023 you're going to get tickets oh it's going to be in Cheltenham no 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 no, no I'm just making that up <laughs> But I'm guessing you will absolutely be getting tickets if it's in the UK. I'll be there. I'll be working there. I'll be whatever anyone needs me to do. I will be there doing. Um, yeah, that. right up my street. But anyway, we've we've come to the end of the show. I know. Is, uh, what a lovely show. What a lovely show. We've really chatted on this show, Bob, as well. I mean, we've really um, we've really gone on. But um, you got anything exciting coming up in the next week? I have actually not too much I can really talk about though, which is a little bit boring. Okay, um, a couple of exciting bits and bobs um, um, over the next yeah c- coming weeks. But uh, how about yourself, Mister? Um, hopefully, going to book a holiday. Nice to, uh, to Sicily in the next couple oh, of days. I go and have a couple of arancini bowls for me. Oh yeah, delicious. Um, oh. And I, I pretty much think that's it. Um, that's quite a big thing. That's, that's yeah, for one week, and, and then just yeah, and just seeing some friends getting on with stuff, really. So so yeah, nice, all good. Okay, and clock should be changing soon, shouldn't they? We'll be getting week after next week, after next, I think. Yeah, we'll be having we're, them light evenings again. Spring's coming, Stephen. Spring's coming. It's coming. It's here. It's around the corner. We haven't got long to wait. Um, well, uh, great show, and um, and thanks everyone for listening. Until next week, goodbye. Bye, guys. <laughs>